Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. Appreciate you joining me here for our Monday recap show. We're going to take a look back at all the notable injuries from week six, and then we're going to turn our focus forward, try to figure out the best waiver wire ads you should be making heading into week seven. But first here, we got to talk about this trade that went down right before we started recording. Robbie Anderson is on the move after he spent most of Sunday afternoon arguing with his coaches on the sidelines before his head coach, Steve Wilkes, eventually just sent Anderson to the showers in the fourth quarter. He had had enough. Well, today, the Panthers have completely had enough. They wasted no time. They dealt Anderson to the Cardinals. And there's some other factors here we have to touch on. And this is really going to bleed into the injury section a bit. But Marquise Hollywood-Brown, he got hurt on Sunday. He was helped off the field by trainers, suffered a foot injury. Now, x-rays were reportedly negative, but he did leave in a walking boot. And I know Gene Bramwell, football guys, who's an injury analyst who I really, really trust, He mentioned that Brown had suffered a Liz Frank injury to the same foot back in college. So that's worth noting here, especially since Dr. Gene said that the video looked like the injury could be pretty worrisome for a Liz Frank or for a toe sprain this time around. And the Cardinals, they play on a short week. They got a Thursday nighter against the Saints, but the concerns here are even bigger than that because the reports are that it might be season ending on this one. And the fact that they go out right away and they trade for somebody like Anderson, that makes you think that Brown is going to be out for a while. And the timing here is just crazy. You have so much happening. You have DeAndre Hopkins coming back from his suspension this week. So Hopkins is going to step right back into that number one role again. And then you have Anderson, who is a capable veteran. He's dealt with pretty bad quarterback play during most of his career. Now he'll compete for the number two job with Rondell Moore. And Rondell Moore's really come on lately, but it'll likely be Hopkins and Anderson on the outside. And then you'll have more in the slot. And this puts Hopkins right back into the wide receiver two mix for fantasy. Anderson and Moore are wide receiver four flex options, and we'll see if one of them can kind of step ahead of the other. And then the next real beneficiary would be Zach Ertz, who should continue to see a ton of volume in this offense. Ertz has double digit targets in four of his last five games. He's been a top five fantasy tight end on the year, and he should keep that up for the foreseeable future here if Brown misses a lot of time. So overall, this is a loss for the Cardinals. Since you're going from Hollywood Brown to Robbie Anderson, that's a big drop off, but could be a solid stopgap move for them. Could help kind of stop the bleeding temporarily here. And if you're in a deep league, I have no problem taking shots on Anderson or Rondell Moore. Just keep your expectations in check because the Cardinals offense, they have way more problems than what's going on in the receiving core, right? The offensive line has been an issue. Now they lose Justin Pugh potentially for the season. He got hurt this week. So it's not just all going to be magically fixed by having Hopkins back from suspension and trading for Robbie Anderson. Okay, let's hit on the rest of the injuries here. And fortunately, there weren't as many major injuries this week. I know that Hollywood Brown one looks like it could be for the whole season, but fortunately there, there aren't as many big injuries, but there are a bunch of stars that did get Get dinged up, including maybe the best fantasy player out there in 2022 so far, Saquon Barkley. And before you panic here, this one doesn't seem like it's serious. He played through it. He was on the field for at least 88% of the offensive snaps, and he turned it into 95 yards from scrimmage and a score, but he came off a couple times nursing that shoulder issue. And one time it looked like he was just letting it hang down, sort of. So it's been something that he's dealing with. It's not an ideal injury for a running back by any means. So I expect that he's going to suit up in week seven. I expect that he'll continue to play through it, but I wanted to mention it just in case we see him miss some practice time this week because it puts Matt Breda onto your fantasy radar since Breda is the backup in New York. I think if something happened to Barkley, they would probably work other guys in the mix too. Gary Brightwell's gotten some touches this year or potentially even sign somebody. They could go out and get a veteran and add them to the mix. So for now, 
I'm planning for Barkley to be out there week seven. That's not something that you should be concerned about, but just be mindful that he's been dealing with the shoulder injury and hopefully it doesn't pop up again as we keep going. Aaron Jones, he is also going to play in week seven. Nothing serious here, but another back who got banged up on Sunday. He missed some time in that game. He was getting his leg worked on. They were stretching it out. The trainers were and Really, this game is just a write-off for the Packers. It was a brutal result. Jones gets held to 12 touches, 44 yards for him. Like I said, he is healthy. This is just another one. If that continues to be a problem for him, keep that in the back of your mind. But hopefully, they're going to make an effort to get him the ball more moving forward. He really needs to be the focal point of that offense. J.K. Dobbins. So, we know he came back from the ACL tear that he suffered last year, got back into the lineup. He's looked okay at times, but this week something happened out there because Dobbins didn't play as much, was held to just seven carries for 15 yards. After the game, John Harbaugh said it was because Dobbins' knee tightened up on him, that that was the issue. That's not a great sign for a guy who's coming back from a serious knee injury. It's also really hard to trust Harbaugh since he's downplayed a bunch of injuries recently, saying that Rashad Bateman's foot injury wasn't anything serious, and then Bateman has now missed multiple games. So I would be worried that Dobbins isn't going to be available for week seven, and in his absence, Kenyon Drake, he went off, I mean, 127 yards and a touchdown. A lot of that did come on one big play, but... If you look at what Drake's done all season, he's been really inefficient before this game. So I would be wary of trusting him in your lineup. You also have Gus Edwards expected to return soon. You have Justice Hill. He probably has looked like the best Ravens back so far this season. He's been out with a hamstring injury. Maybe he gets back into the lineup soon. It's just, it's kind of a nightmare scenario for fantasy at the moment in that backfield. So if you want to take shots on some of these guys, I get it. Running back isn't a very deep position, and we're going through bye weeks now, so maybe just need someone you can throw in there, but I'm not sure you're going to get consistent production from any of these guys, in part due to the injuries, in part because they like to run a committee normally and get a bunch of guys involved. Just, it's a tough situation to trust, and based on where things stand at the moment, I don't know that I would want any of these guys in my lineup. I want to see it play out for another week or so before I feel confident about any of them, and maybe you won't feel confident about any of them throughout the year. We'll see how that goes. The Colts backfield, another one that's hurting here. Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, they get ruled out on Saturday. Deion Jackson, he steps up. He plays really well in this game. 12 carries, 42 yards and a score, plus 10 catches for 79 yards. But he also suffered an injury. It was a quad injury for him that forced him from the game. So those numbers could have been even bigger. Either way, it's possible Jackson misses week seven. We don't know if Taylor's going to be active yet or not with the mild high ankle sprain. Hines seems likely to return from the concussion protocol, so it'll either be business as usual with Taylor and Hines, or we could potentially see Hines and maybe Philip Lindsay handling the workload, and in that case, Hines would be an RB3 flex. Lindsay just a really deep flex, but we're going to have to monitor this one because as we saw this week, there is value in that backfield for fantasy and hopefully you followed my rankings last week and you got Deion Jackson in your lineup. I had him ranked as an RB2 and he definitely came through for us there. Now moving on to the injured receivers, we already talked about Marquise Brown off the top, so not going to spend much time on him here, but a player leaving in a walking boot, followed by his team trading for a receiver the next day. Not a great sign. Like the reports are indicating, seems like this could be season ending. Just an awful outcome for a, a game-breaking young receiver. We're wishing him nothing but the best in his recovery. Jalen Waddle, he hurt his shoulder late in the fourth quarter, but after the game, he was downplaying it, so he should be okay. And we know, I mean, we can't always take a player at their word with these injuries. They can often be overly optimistic, but this one seems like it's on the minor side of things for now. Sadly, we can't say the same for Randall Cobb. 
He hopped off with an ankle injury and then he got carted to the locker room. This one seems like it could be a while for him on the sidelines. X-rays did come back clean, so no breaks, but might be a high ankle sprain according to our buddy Deepak Chona of Sports Med Analytics. So we could be talking several weeks, maybe even a month or more. And Amari Rogers stepped in when Cobb left, but my guess is that they would switch things up if Cobb was out. So Lazard and Dobbs, I think they're locks in the lineup. And then it would be either Sammy Watkins, because he could be ready to come back off IR soon, or Christian Watson, if he's healed up enough from the hamstring issue that kept him out this week. You, also, you could really see more targets for Robert Tunyon. He's been producing in a monster game this week, but we'll talk more about him when we get to the waiver wire section. Uh, the Patriots, they're dealing with a bunch of injuries at receiver. Nelson Aguilar was held out of this game with a hamstring issue. Then you had Kendrick Bourne go down during the game with a toe injury. So Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, and the rookie Tyquan Thornton, they look like they're going to be the starters in three receiver sets for the time being. And no offense to that Pat's free agent class last year, but this is probably their best trio to go with. And I know Parker had another good game, but Myers is the only one that I'd really trust in regular fantasy leagues. Parker and Thornton are just dart throws. I mean, Thornton, at least he does have some upside. He has some appeal that way as a rookie who just recently got back into the lineup. And maybe we see him earn more targets as we go here, but not overly excited about any of those receivers other than Jacoby Myers, who's a wide receiver three flex in most formats. But we did have one serious injury at tight end this week. Cameron Bright. He was taken off in a stretcher after a helmet-to-helmet hit in the second half, and the team called it a neck injury. Fortunately, x-rays came back negative for any fractures there, but it's also really scary because this was his first game since he came back from a concussion that he had two weeks ago, so it's kind of bad news, right? We're seeing all these guys come back and then get hurt again. If you're looking for positives, though, he flew back with the team last night. Seems like he's doing as well as can be, but there's no chance that he's going to play next week. And I would be, I'd be shocked if they put him out there even a week later. I think you're going to have to sit him for a while. They have to be really, really cautious about these head and neck injuries. And that gives the rookie Kate Otten an opportunity to start again. And Otten's role has been growing on its own. In that game that Bray missed though, a couple weeks ago, you had Otten play 94% of the snaps. He caught six balls for 43 yards. So he's one of the top tight end pickups on the waiver wire this week in your fantasy leagues. A few quarterback injuries to keep in mind here before we finish off this section. Uh, Going back to Thursday night, Carson Wentz, he suffered that fractured finger on his throwing hand. Wentz hasn't really been playing well the last couple games anyway, so this could be a chance for the commanders to really see what they have in their other quarterbacks. I mean, you would think that Sam Howell deserves the shot. You'd want to know what he could do in this offense, but a lot of people close to the team are saying that it would be Taylor Heineke, that he is still the most likely replacement, and Heineke was fine last year as the starter. He's, I would say, an above-average backup, but you don't want to have to rely on him for long stretches. So whether it's Heineke, whether it's Howell, they would both just be two QB or super flex options and having them step in, it's going to hurt this entire offense for, you know, as bad as Wentz can be at times, he is going to give you more than what these guys could give you. So Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, they'll all have their ceilings lowered for fantasy. Once one of the backups is under center, it makes McLaurin more of a wide receiver three Samuel, more of a wide receiver four flex. And then Dotson, just sort of a touchdown dependent flex for now. And Dotson has to get healthy too. We haven't seen him out there for a couple games. And then speaking of Sam Howell, another rookie who already got his first start here, Kenny Pickett, he's in concussion protocol after Sunday's game. And Mitch Trubisky played, I would say, some of his best ball of the year so far in the second half of that game. So I would expect that Mitch will start next week against the Dolphins. Once again, 
the league, the teams are playing it safe with these concussions. And we've seen this movie before with Trubisky. So I'm not overly excited for Deontay Johnson, for George Pickens. Trubisky did seem to have eyes for Chase Claypool in this game. I don't know what that was all about. That kind of came out of nowhere, but another spot where it's going to lower everybody's projections because we saw enough from Trubisky in the first three plus games to know what he offers this offense. I'm not going to overreact to what he did in the second half of that win over the Bucks. Another rookie QB got hurt here too, talking a lot about these rookie QBs, but Skylar Thompson on the Dolphins, he left with a thumb injury in his throwing hand. But now we have two are ready to come back probably this week. Doesn't really change that much for fantasy having Skylar Thompson go down. You're going to have two a back. Hopefully this offense can get back to doing what it was doing early in the season, can get back to putting up some big points, and hopefully Tua and all the Dolphins quarterbacks can stay healthy because each one of them has had at least one injury this year. So things should get back on track for Miami here with Tua stepping back under center. Unfortunately for the Panthers, they don't have anybody coming to save their offense. They don't have a Tua Tagovailoa who's going to come back off the injury report and be able to help them. P.J. Walker, he got the start in favor of the, the injured Baker Mayfield this week. And P.J. Walker left with a neck injury. Yeah, Jacob Eason come in at that point. And that is never something that you want to have to say about an NFL team. You do not want to have Jacob Eason entering the game at any moment. And Baker Mayfield, he probably won't be ready this week. There's been some talk that maybe Sam Darnold could be back soon. But man, it is just it is so bad when you are hoping that the guy who already failed in your offense last year, you're hoping that he can come back and improve things. Just a brutal situation for Panthers fans and for people who have DJ Moore on their fantasy teams, like me in multiple dynasty leagues. I have DJ Moore a bunch of places, not loving his quarterback situation, not one bit there. And then we'll see if some of the injured players who missed their team's last game, if they can get back in the lineup for week seven, guys like Dak Prescott. Prescott said he plans to play. We'll see if he can practice this week. Jerry Jones didn't seem as optimistic, but Dak at least is getting close here. DeAndre Swift, DJ Chark, they should be back for the Lions, and Amonra St. Brown should be closer to full health. I know he played in that game before the bye. He clearly was not himself. Hopefully, we see something closer to what he was doing early in the season. Mac Jones and the Patriots, he should have a good shot to return this week. Keenan Allen for the Chargers as well. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, already been ruled out really for Thursday. They're saying that they're not expected to play in that game, so they won't be ready. There's reportedly optimism on Chris Olave's availability, though. That would be nice to see. At least they would get one of their three starters back out there. James Conner, Damian Harris, Rashad Bateman, Jahan Dotson, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Logan Thomas, Dalton Schultz. I mean, there's lots of names that we're going to be monitoring this week, and barring any unforeseen circumstances, we will be back with the Friday injury show this week as well. There are no weddings on the docket for me this time around, so we're all good there. Back to usually scheduled programming for week seven, and that includes going over the top players that you should be targeting on the waiver wire this week. And today's waiver wire segment is brought to you by the all-new Lexus RX. With heart-pounding design, intelligent technology, and the first-ever RX 500H performance hybrid, never lose your edge with the RX. And let's start with the quarterbacks. Two is rostered in way too many leagues to mention in the article, but I did see him get dropped a few spots. So if you're looking for a bi-week fill-in or if you're really thin at quarterback, maybe two is out there and you can get him. Jared Goff, he's also over the 50% rostered mark and he's got a tougher matchup against that Cowboys defense, but he should have all his weapons back this week, including a healthy Amonra St. Brown, like we said. And we know the Lions, when that offense is at full strength, they can put up points on anybody. So Goff is an option coming off his bye. After that, it gets really dicey in terms of quarterback streamers this week. Jimmy Garoppolo could be a possibility. 
He's available in over 60% of leagues. He's going up against the Chiefs. Chiefs are a top three matchup for fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks this year. They've given up multiple touchdown passes to every quarterback they've faced in 2022. So Jimmy G's in the streamer mix. Daniel Jones, 30% rostered. He's facing the Jaguars. Jones hasn't really been putting up huge fantasy days. He's just sort of been getting by, but some of his receivers are getting healthier. Rookie Wandell Robinson is out there now. He returned this week. He scored a touchdown. So maybe some hope that that Giants passing attack could improve. Jones, he also gives you something with his legs, right? He's got 236 rushing yards and two rushing scores already this year. So that's enough to make him sort of a risky flex. Kind of similar breakdown for Marcus Mariota, right? He's 14% rostered going up against the Bengals this week. Got a couple playmakers in the passing game. Gives you some added value with his legs. And often... Uh, that could be enough for a bye week filling at quarterback. It doesn't really get much better from here either. I mean, if you're hurting at QB, I would say just go check out the full waiver wire column over on the score Monday night. I'll have a full list up there with it broken down into categories. So you know how to value each guy. And if you're really desperate, I mean, in most leagues, you know, you only need to start 12 quarterbacks. People don't want to go too deep when it comes to that position. So check out the column. I will have every single option you could think of listed in there. The good news, though, is that if you are in a two quarterback or a super flex league, there's lots of guys who might be available due to injuries. So the commander's quarterbacks, like we said, we think that Taylor Heineke will probably get the start. Well, Carson Wentz is out here, but Sam Howell also worth the stash. Mitch Trubisky back as the starter for the Steelers. We figure probably for at least one week, you might be able to find somebody off the waiver wire. That's what I'm saying, which isn't always easy to do in those formats at running back. I'll bring up Naheem Hines here, even though he's rostered in over 50% of leagues. And this situation, it's just constantly changing. You know, when we found out that Jonathan Taylor wasn't playing in week six, then we realized that that ankle issue could be worse than we initially thought. Either way, I mean, Taylor's status is unclear. Deion Jackson nursing a quad issue. There is a path that Hines could actually come out of the concussion protocol and get the start this week. So he should be picked up just in case of that. Once Taylor's back healthy, though, Hines won't be a great player to have in fantasy in part because Deion Jackson looks so good in his start this week, right? So Hines would probably split with Jackson if Taylor were to miss more time and if Jackson was healthy, which at the moment he might not be. So a lot of moving parts in that Colts backfield. I hope I made that clear. I know it could sound confusing. I'm giving you all these different possibilities that it could be, but basically Naheem Hines, you'd pick him up just in case he gets the start this week. Once we have Taylor back healthy, Heinz's value, it just isn't great. He doesn't have the upside that some of the other big backups do. Let's talk about some of the other pickups you could make at running back, though. Guys who are available in over 50% of leagues, and we don't have that big Kenneth Walker option this week, so we're looking more at some of the stashes, the Rashad White on the Bucks. I mean, Joshua Kelly on the Chargers, assuming he doesn't get hurt on Monday Night Football. If he does, or if Austin Eckler does, then I will update the waiver wire column after the game to reflect it. Don't worry there. But for now, Kelly needs to be picked up as an injury away guy who can also give you RB3 flex stats most weeks. Same goes for Jalen Warren on the Steelers. He continues to flash on his limited touches. And if Najee Harris were sidelined, Warren would be an instant fantasy starter there. And then I want to try to get ahead of some of these situations that could change in the next week or two. So I would be stashing Matt Breda just in case Saquon Barkley's shoulder issue, in case that lingers or in case it costs him some time, you want to be out ahead of that and get Breda on your bench now. I would be stashing Deonta Foreman on the Panthers, who is their clear number two back at the moment. And 
If these reports and these rumors about Christian McCaffrey being on the trade block, if that turns out to be true, and if McCaffrey gets moved in a deal like we saw Robbie Anderson get moved on Monday, then all of a sudden Foreman could see a lot of snaps and a lot of touches go his way in the second half of the season, even though that Panthers offense, they're not great. It's probably going to be bad. You have to factor that in and it would cap Foreman as an RB3 flex, but still could see his value rise quite a bit in fantasy. Even if you don't keep him, maybe you could then use him as a trade chip. Damien Williams, who I've talked about recently on the Falcons, he wasn't ready to go last week. We'll see if he gets activated off IR this week and whether he can step back into a role in their offense. And somebody like Kyron Williams on the Rams, he needs to be picked up in a lot of leagues right now. You have Cam Akers potentially on his way out in LA. The rookie could find himself getting a lot more work once he's healthy and back in the lineup. He is a really good pass catcher too. It's a reason why I'd be selling high on Daryl Henderson at the moment. Not that Kyron Williams is going to come in and take over Henderson's job, but when Henderson has been the starter in the past, he can't stay healthy over long stretches. He breaks down. So we might be looking at another option in that Rams backfield in a few weeks or in a couple months from now. Kyron Williams is a really intriguing stash at the end of your bench. So on a week where we didn't have that obvious runner moving into a starting role because of an injury or something. You take a look at some of those stashes who could be the next guy who could see their value rise. That's why I wanted to list off all those names for you. At receiver, Michael Gallup is 50% rostered, but he should be picked up everywhere right now. He was up to 76% of the Cowboys snaps this week. He's seen his targets go up each game, and now you have Dak Prescott coming back soon. Maybe this week, maybe not, but it's going to be soon, so Gallup is a must-add. Alec Pierce, again near the top of this list, 38% rostered. I know he was still playing behind Paris Campbell, but Pierce is looking really good. He's making plays out there. The snaps continue to go up. And the rookie has stat lines of 3 for 61, 4 for 80, 8 for 81, and now most recently 3 for 49 and a touchdown. He fits with Matt Ryan right now in that he can be that big-bodied contested catch specialist who Ryan can just throw it up, let him make the play on the ball at least five targets in each of his last four games. I really, really like Pierce as a wide receiver, three flex moving forward. Another rookie we got to talk about, we already mentioned about Wandell Robinson on the Giants. I wrote about him two weeks ago and starts at stash quit as a stash. We knew he was getting close to returning the state of the Giants receiving core. It was not great. So when he got back, we knew he could quickly rise into a bigger role, maybe even lead the team in targets. And that is still a strong possibility because if his first game back is any indication, big things are definitely coming. He had three catches, 37 yards and a touchdown on just 23% of the snaps. So he is earning targets at an impressive rate and you have to think the snaps are going to increase. So there is room for a lot more here. Robinson is a must add right now. You just got to see what he can become and whether he can be that go-to guy in the Giants offense, which I think is a strong possibility. Robbie Anderson, Rondell Moore, they're also going to make this list. Moore was in the write-up last week. He's now up to 46% rostered, but Anderson all the way down at 11%. I actually dropped Anderson and Scott Fishbowl last week, so I'm really hoping that that doesn't come back to bite me, but both guys should be rostered until we just see how this Cardinals passing attack looks with Hopkins back and with Hollywood out indefinitely, and now with Anderson in the mix there. And then don't forget about Nico Collins. I've talked about him a bit over the last few weeks. Texans are coming off their bye, so he's sort of a forgotten man here, but he's been putting up really good numbers over the last month. Four for 58, two for 41, three for 82, four for 65. Now he comes back. He gets plus matchups against the Raiders and the Titans the next two weeks. So he is a deep ad. 
maybe a flex option, maybe a bi-week fill-in for you. He's also someone that I really like in Dynasty because if the Texans find a quarterback in the offseason, Collins could really take off next year. And I also, I don't want to wait any longer for Jamison Williams. If he is still out there in your league, don't get too cute about this. You go pick him up. You put him in your IR spot. The first round pick is going to be back probably in the next few weeks here. And he might not break out as a rookie. I mean, coming off an ACL tear earlier this year, it could be tough for him to break out. But with the Lions offense looking really good and with Williams being a legit talent, I want him on my roster just to see how this turns out over the final two months. And since he's on IR, he is a very easy stash for you. There's also so many more streamer options available at receiver, but if you need more names, you can find them in the waiver wire column. We're going to move on to tight ends and Robert Tunyon topping that list. Like we said earlier, I started to worry that we weren't going to see more from him. Some of the guys coming back from ACL tears were looking kind of average. Tunyon's playing time, his targets, they weren't going up in his first month back. But then this week, they really did. Season high in snaps at 63, in targets with 12, catches 10, and yards with 90. Just a huge performance from him and a sign that maybe he can get back to the fantasy tight end one production like he's done in the past. So he needs to be added everywhere. After him, it's the usual names. Evan Ingram, 16 targets over the last two weeks, 11 catches, 109 yards in those two contests. That's enough to make him a solid streaming option. Hunter Henry, he's showing some signs of life. He's back up over 97% of the snaps the last two games. He's got back-to-back performances with at least 50 yards. So he's a high-end tight end two. Got a little bit of tight end one upside again. And then Kate Otten, the Bucks rookie who I mentioned earlier when we talked about the Cam Braid injury. Otten stepped up. He was fantasy viable when Braid missed week five. If Braid is sidelined for any amount of time here, Otten would be on the streamer radar. The Bucks, they just really don't have that third option downfield in the passing game. So Otten can give them that. He can step into that role for him. I like him as a pickup. And then some stashes at tight end too. I mean, we'll see if Greg Dulcich, what he can do for the Broncos. Does he get activated off IR for Monday night's game? And what can he actually give us? We'll have more information on that tomorrow. And depending what happens tonight, I will update the column there, but he could quickly become the starting tight end for the Broncos. And then Foster Moreau, he's been out with a knee injury. I'm not sure on the severity of that knee injury, but Darren Waller got banged up in that game before the bye with a hamstring issue. So if that's lingering, if Morrow turns out that he's healthy now, it's a bit of a long shot here. But when Waller's been out and Morrow starts, Morrow has been a decent fantasy option more weeks than not. So I would keep that in mind. And then let's finish things off like we always do. We'll look at some defensive streamers for this week. The Jets defense, they have been on fire the last three weeks here. Now they get Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense. Broncos will be on a short week after they played Monday night. So it's risky, but I would consider the Jets. I think all the young talent that they have on that defense, they're really starting to come into their own and they're winning games against good teams. So I like them and they're only 3% rostered. So you're going to be able to get them almost everywhere. The Dolphins. They're 16% rostered. They get Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers at week seven. Pittsburgh has been a top 10 fantasy matchup for defenses. And Miami is a touchdown favorite in that game. So you always like that. When you're looking for a defense, you want your team to be heavily favored in the contest. The Bengals, they get the Falcons. Since he just 36% rostered, they're six point favorites in that game. And before this week, the Colts were giving up huge fantasy points to defenses. Now they get the Titans. The Titans are coming off a bye. They will be fresh. 
I would consider Tennessee if you need a streamer too. I would also consider the Raiders. They're going up against the Texans. I think they're in play as a streamer for week seven. So those are the top ads at every position. Like I said, there are way more in the waiver wire column that'll be up on Monday night over at the score. And another reminder that today's waiver wire segment was brought to you by the all new Lexus RX with heart pounding design, intelligent technology, and the first ever RX 500H performance hybrid. Never lose your edge with the RX. But that is all for today's show. Make sure you check out my full waiver wire column over on the score. I'll be back on Tuesday with another episode. We actually have a guest for that one. I've been doing the Tuesday shows solo this year, but this week I had a specific topic that I thought we should hit on. So I'm bringing in an expert to break that down for us. And then Wednesday, we'll be back again with another guest. So big week of content ahead. But until then, big thanks to everybody who's been dropping the ratings and the reviews over on the podcast apps. Got a bunch more five-star reviews recently from Forsetti and JSA underscore MC and DCNP and the Traveling Canadian. I appreciate all the kind words and I've said it before, but if you like the show, if you feel like you're benefiting from all our content, help us out, drop a rating and or review in there. Really, really thank you for everybody that does that. And as always, big thanks to everybody out there for listening and we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. I said leave on time.